Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it is week two of Masturbation May. I don't know why I wanted to do that. Ooh, me so horny. Ooh, ooh, me so horny. I don't know why that. That's just what I felt like should drop, but you know. Okay, DJ, drop the the ones and the twos. (laughs) How are you doing in Masturbation May, my dear? Thriving, masturbating, thriving. How was your Mother's Day? Mother's Day was, it was good. I didn't really relax much, but I went to breakfast. I took my daughter to the park, came back, told her I wanted to relax. And she said, can I, can I watch her on the trampoline? I said, I want to relax. And she said, you can relax outside while you watch me on the trampoline. And then I was like, that's actually true. Fine. So I did that, let my titties hang out, got a tan, then went into the room, attempted to read. She kept interrupting me. Then she finally like was, was like quiet for a while. And I was like, I should be masturbating on Mother's Day. And so I actually used this, the satisfier that our girl Sexual Essentials sent over to us. Um, I will give it a four star rating. Out of five. Okay. Okay. Um, could be a little stronger. You know, I like my like j- jackhammer clitoral vibrators. Um, your vagina <laughs> losing sensation over there. Jesus, high high levels of vibration sensation. No, it's it's my vagina is just fine. It's great. Um, I tried it. I didn't even go to the highest level. Are you serious? Yeah, it was too intense. Yeah, it is intense. But yeah. you know, I love an intense orgasm. So. Um, and so I did that, but honestly, I was stressed the whole time because I felt like she was going to walk in at any moment. Plus I was listening to Dipsy, like the app on my phone. I had it like on my shoulder <laughs> like this. And like, I was listening to actually it's this story called five years. If you guys have Dipsy, make sure you go listen to the five years story. I only listen to black voices on Dipsy. I didn't even know you could make that selection, which is a one. Cause I only want to hear like black men and women fucking. So it was great. And so I listened to that for a little while, kept muting it every time I heard Irie, like, walk to the bathroom. And then eventually, you know, I got it out. But um, that's what happened on Mother's Day. Oh, and then I went to dinner with my fam. How about you? That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I, I decided, even though I had great guilt about this, I decided that I didn't want to be with my kid on Mother's Day. <laughs> And I initially planned on like, we're going to, I'm going to make dinner. We're going to make dinner. But like, by the time it was that time, I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> I actually don't want to be bothered at all. I don't want to do a lot of things. I just want to lay here. And I did. I ended up going to the Roosevelt and laying by the pool and drinking. What a Hollywood moment. And, and I was just <laughs> like, I saw, and, there was, and then I got mad because there's all these other families there with their fucking kids. And I was like, you're ruining my day. <laughs> Get those kids away from me. But then I was like, damn, I'm a t- am I a bad mom? Because all these moms are with their kids and I left mine at home. <laughs> and then, but, you know, ultimately, you know, my cousin told me, she's like, bitch, you've been in home with your kid for a year. I, you need a break. Everybody needs a break. I've been in the house with my kid for a fucking year. This is crazy. I was like, oh my God, is that why I'm irritated? Is that why I'm extra irritable this year? Because I've been in the house with you for a year being a school teacher that I'm not. Yes, that is why. You only get one month of actual school. And now, right, right. So um, it was nice. I, I, I got really good gifts. Viola sent us like 
the most amazing Mother's Day gifting. I got a pre-rolls. I got a 50-minute massage. I'm like, I love Viola. Yeah. Thank you for being my man. <laughs> for um, real. So I had a good Mother's Day and a good weekend. So I'm, I'm in good spirits. Good. Feel recharged. I do. Um, well, shall we pull a card and see what's in the cards for us? Sure. This week? Let's do it, honey. Today's cards... Card is... The Tower. Okay, wait, hold on. The Tower. For love and relationship situations, the key word to remember for this tarot card is explo explosion in the mind. A quick change taking place in his or her mind. Obviously, the Tower marks the conclusion of an important relationship. This ending will be unexpected. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. I have no idea what that means. I know. For once, for once, I'm speechless. I have no relationships that... Well, it absolutely can't be us, because that's never happening. It's never happening. <laughs> Should we try another? No, let's just let it be. All right, let's let it be. Maybe that re resonates with somebody at home. Maybe there's a relationship about to explode and end that needs to end. So congratulations. Amen. Anyway... Um, I'm really excited, you guys, because we have our first guest of the month today. We are joined by Michelle Hope, sexpert, activist, overall just badass, sexy woman. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you for having me. I hope I introduced you well. I forgot to ask you all the titles that you like. I don't know if you want to be like, you know, what was what does Mandy call herself? Uh, Mandy called herself the, I don't know, the stallion. Oh, yeah. Peg the stallion. Peg the you know, stallion. people be having all types of... Orlando's a big dick bad bitch. <laughs> I, yeah. Do you have any... I, no, no. Okay. Not just really. Michelle Hope. <laughs> keep it simple. Always keep it simple. It's the best way to go. How are you? I mean, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me yes. to the conversation of, of awesomeness. Absolutely. We're excited to have you and pick your brain and ask you all the questions. Ask away. Um, my first question is, as a sexpert, sexologist, sexpert, mm -hmm. I think I was telling Jamila this earlier today. I was like, I wonder if Michelle just has like level 10 sex all the time. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's the same thing with like therapists. People think that like therapists like don't have problems. Like oh, they no, totally, they're crazy. They I was going to say, I was going to say, actually, therapists have the most problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a misconception. Like, you know, I'm not swinging from chandeliers. I'm not. Now, am I willing to try things? You know, I, I could consider myself a trisexual. I'll try mm. anything once. But uh, that doesn't mean that my sex life is always like that. Um, it's really interesting because as I've deepened my practice in this space and taught and traveled and lectured around all these topics on anything from rape culture to kink play to, you know, whatever the case may be, healthy relationships. My views on my own personal sex life have changed. Um, I also tend to tell people, listen, this little red Corvette, baby, it got miles, but these <laughs> leather seats are still soft. Okay. Soft so, as hell. <laughs> so, I mean, I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of wild things I've done a lot and now it's it, it kind of boils down to do I want to put that much effort into it or do I want to grab my vibrator rub one out and go to sleep 
Whew, that's a good question. That's a damn good question that I ask myself every day. And I'm an excellent masturbator. I'm the master of masturbating <laughs> for myself, right? And it is Masturbation May. So, it's you know, I think masturbation is so important. And for me, the idea of great sex is really rooted in sex with yourself. I'm a firm believer that, you know, the first relationship starts with self. And if that's fucked up, all of them are going to be off. So your relationship with yourself sexually is really, really important. Um, not to say you can't have good sex without masturbation. I just tend to wonder if you're getting all the deep levels of great sex if you don't know how to please yourself. Like, how do you tell somebody how to please you if you yourself aren't sure what you like? Um, so that's kind of my perspective. I've never heard it put it that way. Like you have to, it's, it's the same as your relationship with yourself. If you don't know yourself, then how are you going to ever like just on a, without sex level, have friendship and relationships if you're unaware of who you are. So that makes sense that if you can't please yourself, that it would be more difficult to have a more successful, pleasurable relationship with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm seeing someone right now that doesn't masturbate. And it's so strange to me because I'm such a masturbator and I actually had a discussion with him yesterday or this was it this morning or yesterday about it. And I was like trying to like understand like why he doesn't like to masturbate. And I said, well, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I was like 14. It was the first time I really masturbated. And then I looked at myself in the mirror doing it and it, I felt like a creep. Mm, <laughs> he was like, I, he said, it felt creepy. It feels creepy to me. And I was like, creepy? I'm like, to, to please yourself? And he's like, I just prefer someone else to do it. And I was like, but you don't understand how problematic that sounds. Just like that you can't, you just refuse, refuse. Because he's also doing this. I'm, so I'm on a TikTok and he's doing it with me. But I'm like, I'm masturbating. He's like, I'm not. I'm like, you're going to be stressed out. I'm like, don't you need to get it out? And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I was like. Is he from like a religious background of any sort? No, no. That's really interesting to me because usually when people are like, oh, I felt creeped out, there's a shame associated with that. And there is a possibility. Now, I don't know this person. And there is a possibility like babies tend to masturbate quite a bit as a form of a body exploration. So there may have been a time when he was much, much younger. Right. They're not masturbating for orgasm. They're just masturbating because huh, me touching these places feels really good. And, you know, I've worked with parents in teaching them like how to understand what healthy sexual development looks like across the lifespan. And oftentimes I come in contact with parents who chastise their children uh, when they're young and masturbating. So perhaps somewhere very, very early in life, he was reprimanded in a way that identified masturbation as something being dirty, right? Or being bad. And then somewhere in the subconscious, that's still living. So mm. when he did get to the place of maturation or, or puberty and did that, it triggered something. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll remember what that is, but those feelings of, oh, my gosh, this is a bad thing can come up. Um, so I, I immediately when you said that, I thought there's definitely something tied to shame there. Now, my other thing with the whole I don't masturbate, I don't do self-pleasure especially as a cisgendered, heteronormative man, um, a bit patriarchal, a little bit uh, as if a woman is the, the catalyst to your, your pleasure, um, a catalyst to your orgasm, mm -hmm. as if we are 
here on this earth to serve you and your orgasm. Like, I'm going to need you to, we got to deconstruct this patriarchy because that is what continues to oppress women. And if you really look at patriarchy, it's deeply rooted in white supremacy. Now, I'm not saying any bad things about the person you're dating because now I'm going to go curse him out. <laughs> you have trauma and also fuck you. <laughs> you going to use me? Yeah, but the thing is, is like, that's how our society normalizes sexuality for men, especially men of color, right? That it is, it is, you are a, a, a sexual beast, you know, all the things. And it's like a lot of men don't know all the things. They don't know what they're doing. They're watching porn and they're saying, Ooh, this work. I saw this in a porn. It'll work. It's like, listen, brother, every motherfucking vulva is different. So you can't be using old dog tricks on this new, this new Betty right here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to start to really have conversations about sex and sexuality. And I love that you and your partner are having conversations and that's like the healthiest thing to get to really great sex. Yeah. It's something I, I was, I tried to dig into a little bit more during this last conversation, but I could tell he was just like, it's just, this is what it is. Like, that's it. Like that's the masturbation. This, yeah. Like this is me. And I was like, but is it you? Or are you just telling yourself that because you refuse to actually ask the questions? And I and like, I just, I know that there's, there's, and I'm not put all his business on, on the streets and shit, but there's, he has other things. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm like, and then I was like, is it my place to really, I felt almost like uncomfortable, but also it isn't, well, we're not having sex. At some point it might be my place to be like, sir, like this, this could get in the way of our sex and like, you know, the growth we have sexually. I, I don't know. I just, I, I find it, you don't really usually find a lot of men that don't masturbate. You don't, you don't. And uh, you, or maybe that's a misconception, but that's what I, that's I, that, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like it's more easy, more accessible for men to masturbate because their dicks are just like, Hey, love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And we, and we glorify masturbation of young men all the time. And we put men's pleasure before we put women's pleasure. And, you know, yank and spank is something we've giggled about in elementary and high school and middle school and this idea that it's totally normal, but nobody talks about female pleasure or masturbation at a young age. I, I, I have to be honest with you. I get really frustrated when I think about sex toys only being for people over 18, right? You know, I have worked with youth for a very long time in helping young people understand what healthy sexuality is and I'm like can can we just give them dil- can we give them a vibrator like because it's the idea not to expose them but studies show that if you educate a young person to the 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 good bad and ugly of sex they are they tend to be safer when they choose and they tend to wait a little bit longer and are safer with their sex practices and my thing is listen I mean I had a lot of I've worked with so many young people that are like I don't really think I like sex. Well, honey, if it don't feel good, don't do it. But so often we're told that losing your virginity is a rite of passage or um, you're supposed to be doing this if you're in a relationship. And it's like, if it don't feel good, stop. And it goes back to if you don't know how to masturbate or we're not teaching you that masturbation is healthy and normal and okay, how are you ever going to know? And then that's how I end up with adult um, clients that are like, I've never had an orgasm. Um, you know, a lot of young people and even adults 
they don't look at their vulvas. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't look at, you don't look at your vulva, you don't smell your vulva, you don't smell your panties, you don't know, you're not looking at the type of discharge because that changes throughout your cycle, but you want to use a FDS spray and you want to douche and want to use all the washes and steams to try to get your pussy to smell like roses and peaches and strawberries. <laughs> and it's kind of like, that's not what a pussy smells like. It's just not what a pussy smells like. You know, I don't, I don't go down. You don't, you don't go down and give a blowjob to a man and think it's going to be pina colada flavored or right. bananas. And nobody right. sets that expectation. But with women, it's like, oh, if you don't smell like a basket full of freesias or a motherfucking tropical paradise, something wrong with you. No, no, wrong. It's pussy. It's supposed to smell like. <laughs> Amen. You know what? I just did. So within this this dick talks that I'm doing with our community, um, I shared something actually yesterday on Patreon about like just some tips and tricks to like, you know, helping balance your pH balance. But I also just shared that like, this is such a conversation that women, we, I actually posted about today that we don't talk about. We whisper about it because we have so much shame associated with what our vagina is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to smell like. And, and so we just suffer in silence essentially. And we're putting all types of weird shit inside of our pussy to make it smell like you said, like a fucking tropical paradise and fucking up our pH balance even more because we're like, we don't know, we don't know what, what it's supposed to smell like. And the answer answer is, is that all pussy smell different. <laughs> right. Now there are some, there are some scents that you might be like, Oh, oh for sure. There are some strong right scents here. where like, maybe your pH is off, you know, or maybe your diet is off. But, but also like the conversations of like the scent of the pussy and like how it looks and just like this perfect concept of what perfect pussy is like, even, even when we're off, even when something's off, because every woman has had a time where like, something's not right. You know, like you're even afraid to like, you're secretly talking to your friend about it or like, and maybe not, and maybe not. And you're just suffering in silence. Like I can only, I, it's just, it's ridiculous. And there's just so many conversations that have been so stigmatized. Even right now you talking about, as we're talking about masturbation and you saying like, Oh, he, babies masturbate. Like the, the, that in a sentence sounded weird to me. And I just took note of it. Like, cause obviously it's not weird. It's fucking natural and normal. But the fact that it stuck out in my mind is that it's such proof that we don't discuss our bodies and sex and sexual pleasure in a normal way. And that forever fucks us up. Like I, I'm one of those people who don't masturbate a lot. And, um, like, and I think a lot of parents think like, what if I, if I gifted my daughter a vibrator at 16, like, would I be encouraging her to have sex and explore? But it's like, no, not necessarily. We just have to have the, like, it has to start in a healthy way because, chances are you're going to discover how your vagina feels and that it feels good. And if you don't have a healthy relationship around that pleasure, you're going to feel shame. Like I remember like masturbating as a kid and then like immediately like having an orgasm or whatever that was at that time. And then like feeling terrible, like, wow, that was, I shouldn't do that, you know? And then like, even this is so inappropriate, but not like I don't tell the rest of my business, but I remember being like, seven and discovering my mom's vibrator and like using 
Using it. Using it. And then like You knew how to use it? I just turned it on. I figured what it was for. And like it was with other shit that was clearly about sex. And like being very young, like seven, eight, and um like waiting for it to like first of all, I don't know why I was being left at home alone at this young age, but um <laughs> like waiting for her to leave and checking to make sure she left and then like using it and like just all this weird freaky shit. But it's such an interesting thing because, um, as an, as I'm an adult, I, I don't masturbate that much. I have to like, kind of like force myself. And I have had like, I'm what I'm realizing now is some like sexual, like abuse, but like from someone in my family that was a little bit older than me, and that person had had been abused by someone old. like so there was there was this trickle down of things and I don't blame that person or have any like hard feelings in fact for years until recently I didn't even feel like that was abuse I felt like that's what like kids do um but it's just all these conversations that are not being had that trickle down into your adulthood, into your sex life, into your sexual pleasures, into your relationships with other people. And and so many of us are unwilling to explore that because it feels uncomfortable. And it feels like to have a conversation about your sexuality as a child. And a lot of times that does look different for different people is such a taboo conversation, especially now as moms. You know, I'm like, damn, am I going to buy my child? Like, are we going to talk about this when she's 12? You know, like, yeah, I, I, we, like, I don't, whenever it comes up naturally, but it has to change or else you'll be 33 year old me seeking pleasure in other people. And maybe it's not even as good as I think it is. Right. I mean, a couple of things. There's so much <laughs> to unpack there. Um, thank you for sharing. Two, you're not alone with your experience of sexual trauma. Um, most people have experienced some type of sexual trauma. Not all of it is physical. Some of it might be around shame. Some of it might be around body dysmorphia when going through puberty, developing too soon or developing too late. One thing I like to let parents know, there is never too early of a time to start talking to your child about sexuality. I didn't say the act of sex. I said sexuality, right? We start to identify things about our unborn children around sexuality when we have these gender reveal parties, right? Uh, we go ahead and decide, oh, we want to put you in blue because we know you're a boy or we want to put you in pink. I often tell parents the best time to start conversations around sexuality is with body autonomy before they can speak. So when you're changing a diaper, explaining mama needs to wipe your behind now or mama needs to wipe your vulva or please don't call it a cookie please don't call it it's a, a vulva it's a vagina and then what you do is it's age appropriate right like if you catch your child um, touching themselves you want to say I know it feels good when you touch there but please remember nobody should touch you there and nobody if somebody touches you there you need to come and tell me you're not in trouble um, I think there's that. And then also, you know, between the ages of like five and seven, explain that babies don't come from storks. They come from an egg and a sperm. And there are some really great books. Robbie Harris um, has great illustrated books that can talk you as a parent through all the things you need to let a child know. And the sooner you have those conversations and the more you normalize those conversations, it becomes a lot easier when they hit puberty. I always tell people, please don't wait until puberty or wait until it's the right time because the right time may never come up. And the next thing you know, you're sitting in a Planned Parenthood or your child sitting in a Planned Parenthood trying to figure out what decisions to make because there wasn't. Um, necessarily the talk. So I encourage those conversations and it's not bad 
it just really, you want to set the baseline for, you know, you can come to me. I'm your trusted, knowledgeable adult. I'm the one that's going to listen. Sure. I might be pissed the first 30, 40, maybe even 30, 40 minutes. Right. But I'm your ace in the hole. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to help you figure this out. We can do this together. And then in regards to like the sexual trauma we experience, I have for a long, long time said that in communities of color, not only do we not discuss sexual assault when it comes to women, but what we, what we just turn away from is the sexual assault experienced by men. Um, and, and we don't have these conversations and then hurt people, hurt people. And we don't allow them a space to heal. We don't allow, let me tell you something. I could be at a bar. I could be at a happy hour and somebody will ask me what I do. And the really kind of assholes will be like, Oh, how much fucking did you have to do to get this job? Or, Oh, Mm. how many dicks did you, you know what I'm saying? Like really misogynistic, crappy things. And then a few drinks in. They tell you they've been. Yes. Yeah, I, date, you know what? That's, that, is, that has come up a lot for me lately with a few different men that I've like just been talking to and them telling me that they were molested as children. Same. And, and a lot of them don't even consider it molestation because they're like, oh, I was, you know, I was 13. I was a man. No. I was, no. no, you weren't. It, no. It, it's, it's really strange. I worked at um, Rikers here in New York and I taught um, under 18 in the maximum security space for young men under 18. It was called um, Horizons at the time. Yeah, it was Horizons. And the amount of young men that were in for really violent crimes um, and the number of them who had children, like I had one young man who was 17 and had a, or 16, just turned 17, had a three-year-old and the baby mama was 22. I had another one who was 17 and had a two-year-old and the baby mama was 28. Um, And in their mind, they didn't see that as assault. They just saw that as a coming of age, rite of passage. But when you start to think about like with some of the tendencies we see with people who've experienced sexual assault and and in women, we we tend to see them uh, self-sabotage inward when they're, when they are processing this. And for men, it becomes an outward Outward. expression. Right. Right. And and so I, I really encourage people to have conversations, but I also think that as women, we do a lot of damage, right? Like not only do we slut shame other women, we, we, we marginalize men who, whether they are like, I don't really want to have sex with you. We then come out the side of our mouth talk about oh use a gay and it's like no use a gay um i mean i've heard that i definitely oh girl he's a gay and it's like is not he? a gay wow <laughs> i haven't heard that in a minute so, so, or like oh he didn't come on to me he must be a little sweet or you know maybe he don't really like women and it's like or maybe or he, he has, didn't like you. like you right or maybe he's dealing with his own trauma and right. something that was said or something that came up So I just get really annoyed. So I always encourage people to have conversations with, you know, their friends, their peers. It's so interesting because I had a man stop me on the street because, girl, you know, I'd be talking this shit anywhere I go, anywhere I go. 
And this individual had seen me a bunch at like a local watering hole I like to go to. And I was always talking about, you know, rape culture and sexual assault. And he stopped me on the street one day and was like, I just want to say, keep having those conversations because I was with my guy friends the other night telling them about you and what you do. And then he was like, a group of us over cognac and cigars had a really tough conversation with each other about our behavior in college. Mm. And what we thought was normal behavior in college was actually causing pain to other people, but nobody ever had this conversation. And he said it was a hard conversation for us to have. But at this point in his life, he had children. A lot of his boys had children and a lot of them had girls. They were like girl dads. So they were kind of going back and thinking about like, whew, how do we stop this cycle? And the only way we're going to stop the cycle is by continuing to have tough conversations and providing a space for not just men, but men, women, gender nonconforming people, a safe space to explore and heal and be heard um, and, and not feel as though it's their fault or that there's guilt there. So absolutely i mean i didn't mean to derail into anything no the the, the thing the thing about sex and sexuality is it is deep and it does if if it's not healed and tended to it will inevitably bleed into other parts of your life and the truth is anything that you avoid anything that you you like brush to the side because it's too difficult to talk about is always going to like not do well if you don't tend to it So I've been using the app you told me about, Field, and I love it. Field is amazing. I mean, it's the perfect place to explore all your kinks. So I'm so glad you're using it. When I was using it, I was getting really into the idea of male, male, female. I mean, it was just like the... The options are endless over there. Yeah, it does feel like all of the things you want to explore, you can explore in a comfortable place. It is the world's biggest dating app for threesomes today. So you're actually in the perfect place. I love that the app is inclusive to all, no matter what gender, orientation. And when you join, you can choose to identify as over 200 plus genders and sexualities. I'm actually in talks with someone uh, right now via text. So I'm really excited to see what happens. And if my beautiful threesome comes to fruition and I can't wait to keep you guys updated. Oh, yes. We need that update. And here's some great news. You can download the Feel app for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description. So download Field app now for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description. Conversations about sex and some difficulties some of us may or may not have in the bedroom can be really awkward conversation. But I'm a true believer that a closed mouth don't get fed, and sometimes you just got to speak up. I'm so happy that we're finally in a space where we could talk about sex more openly. I mean, especially for men, erectile dysfunction is such a hard conversation to have, but it doesn't have to be. Thanks to Blue Chew, which is an online prescription service, you don't even have to go to the doctor's office. There's no more awkward conversations, there's no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in discreet packages. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and CLS, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. So you don't like swallowing pills? No problem. Blue Chew tablets. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Do you want a harder, stronger erection? Yes. Duh. 
Everybody wants a harder, stronger erection, and now we have the answer for you. Blue Chew is now offering an exclusive offer for Good Moms listeners only, a free month of Blue Chew when you go to bluechew.com and enter promo code GOODMOMS at checkout. Yep, just pay $5 for shipping. Go to bluechew.com and use promo code GOODMOMS at checkout. Many men who've been molested and like a lot of times, even if you've been molested by another boy or another man, then that's completely, completely don't talk those about that. Those are the that. ones we don't. Those are the ones they that, don't even, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's not even, you don't even mention it. You don't even ask, you know, and, 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 and I, and I know a, 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 a man who experienced that at a young age and for a long time. And like, as an adult is not doing well, like ended up on drugs and like, it's just, if we could have these conversations, we could change so much in our community, you know, and it's, it's so, it's so important. And like, you know, even, even having this conversation and saying the shit I said is like, there was a long time, like as women, you, you've been molested, you've been raped. And then the, even the, even to think of the word rape, it's, it feels too harsh to say, it feels like too much of an accusation to put on someone. And so we, we don't even admit it to ourselves, let alone to the person, because we're like, Oh no, 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 that's, that's too heavy of a thing. Like, it's fine. I, I, I drank too much. I was over there late. Like, it's cool. It's not a big deal. I'll be fine. And like, and that's trauma in itself, you know, and because we're carrying the burden, you know, but one thing I, I, I do want to say to this is change the language right? Words are powerful. Um, for myself, I, um, I don't identify as a survivor. Um, I identify as a thriver. Um, I, while experiencing sexual assault is a horrible thing. Um, I don't like the word survivor. It makes me think of like really waif, like white people on an Island with teeth. Not waif. <laughs> like I'm like, Ugh. it's so, I really want to empower myself because healing is a journey and it's not like, Oh, I'll get over that. It happened so long ago. No, that's, that's with you forever. So you have to give yourself that space. So I always encourage people if they can to shift the language, not a survivor, you're a thriver. And what thriving looks like to me is really taking that experience and then saying, okay, this is the field I want to go in. And I want to empower other people that have had this experience to feel better and know they're not alone. But for somebody that might just be getting up out of bed and that could be your thriving and that's enough, right? I'm not here to determine what thriving looks like to that person. I just want to say, you know, you're not alone. Um, if you're still with us, if you're, if you're, if you're with yourself, you're thriving and you can be thriving and you can continue to thrive um, and have a great sex life and have great relationships. But I do think that what you're saying about if we had these conversations, we could heal so much in our communities because we just keep going round and round and round in this cycle. Um, and I think that it really roots, roots us. Sexual I have said this, sexuality to me, some of the social areas that black and brown communities struggle with the most are deeply rooted in sexuality, whether it's wage gaps because of gender norms, whether it's homophobia, whether it's domestic violence, intimate partner violence, look at the rates of homicide uh, on, on black women in America. We ain't out here gangbanging that hard people. We ain't out here, you know, throwing up the, the, all the things. So 
we know that there is connection to partner violence. Um, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's a really great book, Brittany Cooper, eloquent rage. It's incredibly powerful. And, and she, she speaks to a lot of these social issues through the lens of her own lived experience. And so many of them are rooted in unhealthy relationship dynamics, like dating back to her mother and her mother's mother. And, oh, it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, we actually have an advice question that I feel is kind of on, on topic with what we're discussing right now. How just, how do you navigate with the anxieties around penetration due to trauma? Okay. Great question. I mean, there's, I have a couple other questions. Um, some people, um, can, can try and I always say this word wrong, vagismus, but I'm not vagismus. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but that's where your vagina tightens and it won't allow for penetration to happen. And usually that is associated with something psychologically happening where your body just kind of tightens up and it sometimes is attached to trauma. So uh, uh, if you have problems with penetration or you can't have a penis come in, one, I might recommend a pelvic floor specialist or a therapist uh, to go through some physical therapy. Um, two, Honey, go slow, go slow, 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 slow. And three, remember that sex isn't always just penetration. There are a lot of ways that you can experience pleasure with a partner um, and give pleasure with a partner that don't equate to penetration. And it, you know, I think again, think about all the language we use around sex. Oh, I'm about to blow your back out. I'm about to murder the pussy. I'm about to <laughs> shoot up the club. Like, why do we associate language of like, like language of violence? Of violence? Yeah. Uh, I mean that all of a sudden my, my vagina just tightened up. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, like, I'm going to break your back in. Someone said it to me. I was like, what? <laughs> right. And I, and I like to remind people there's very few nerve endings on my cervix. So no need to use it like a punching bag. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and so I would think that like just this. Also be careful with my clit too. Cause niggas be doing the most. Like this yeah. is a fucking DJ competition. Right. Cut your nails. Make sure they're clean. A. A. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you have a five o'clock shadow, you don't need to go downtown. Okay. Cause I don't need you giving me some sort of a five o'clock shadow rash. So I think that I, I guess my advice would be go slow. If you feel like um, you're struggling with your vagina tightening, Maybe think about going to a pelvic floor therapist. Um, and then, again, masturbation and identifying toys or uh, dildos that are small and working your way up to something larger. But there's a whole lot of fun things you can do without penetration. You know, have, have your partner play with a vibrator on your clit and tease you with that. That could really get you going. And then also, if you're worried about lubrication, grab you some lube and go to town. But I do want to encourage masturbation. And also, I was going to say that too. I was going to say like, I, I'm wondering if this person, like how often they masturbate too, like so that they can f kind of connect back with themselves and feel comfortable, you know, exploring their own pleasure and also penetration, penetrating themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is that like? What is that experience like when it's you penetrating yourself? We've all, we were all born with our first sex toys. <laughs> use them use them you know what i'm saying you got 10 of them you, you got, got 10. 10 sex toys right here <laughs> on your body so use them um 
but I think it's important for people to just really masturbate. Again, it's, it's, it's a great way to connect with self and, and reignite your, your, your whole sex drive. And, and do you remember, have any specific toys that you love or like, what are your, what are your go-tos when it comes oh, I have to so masturbation? Many, I have so many toys, but I tend <laughs> to use my trusty dusty, um, which is just like your average shibari or it used the Hitachi 3000. Okay. Is that, like a, is that like a back massager? Well, some use it as that. Um, <laughs> I actually have a really funny story about that one time. Cause I had the Hitachi that plugged into the wall. This is the old school one. Um, and one day it slept under my pillow in my bed, you know, just nightly. Cause no one else was there. Um, and one morning I'm talking on the phone and all of a sudden I hear pop, pop, pop. And then I start smelling something and I'm like, what is that? Why does it smell like hair is burning? My freaking vibrator had short circuited, shot a spark and caught a little bit of my hair on fire. Go uh-uh. figure. Girl, that's a horror story. Wait, wait, wait was, was that, was that a plug-in? It was plugged yes, in? That was that's a, a plug- lot. That's a lawsuit. You, you and Erica with these plugins, like I didn't, you guys are these ancient, Erica for the longest had this, this plug-in vibrator. I'm like, bitch. It's the best. It was oh, the best. I mean, the, the, the best part is that it doesn't die because the dying mm-hmm. of the vibrators is amongst the most annoying shit ever, but but those, also, that's my favorite. The womanizer is good too. So that one, the air pulse technology, but please remember. That's that circle. Yeah. Right? Anything that's got a circle on it, if you're pierced, could mm. be a little bit detrimental. So, <laughs> um, you know, move forward with caution, I guess. Um, do you have any advice for people that maybe, or maybe even Mila, like what, what advice can you give my dear friend here who, you know, doesn't, is always like, is maybe needs like a masturbation, um, motivation, motivation. Do you think maybe it's like the setup? Like I know some, like some people have specific ways they set up their space for masturbation, right? Like get their space in the, in the, get their room in the, in the, in the right vibe or, it has to be very specific for you to relax for, for me, obviously I can masturbate with my child at home (laughs) or some that's not going to happen. I mean, I can masturbate pretty much anywhere if I need to, but what I would, we we need a masturbation one-on-one course. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I did, I did um, a workshop with a, a group of ladies and I may, I may circle back around and do it, but master like, um, meditation through masturbation to manifest what you want, right? There's so much power in orgasms. There's, it's such an amazing way to connect to your body. And so one of the things is really ritualize it. Uh, You should turn it into a practice, right? You know, practice makes perfect. Um, And you deserve that time for yourself, right? You deserve a time and a space where you turn your cell phone off, you set up some candles your space or area is clear of, of distractions. Cause remember again, I I'll say it again. The brain is the most important part and really give yourself that time. Maybe it's a glass of wine. Maybe it's a bubble bath, put yourself in the lap of luxury, your favorite lotions, and then really set the mood for yourself and practice. Try 30 days of masturbation every day. Whoa. Is that the challenge? Oh my God, I guess well, so. I mean, I know it sounds intense, but the idea is just as much about masturbation as it is giving yourself that gift of you time 
for 30 days, right? And not every time needs to be candles and rose petals or whatever the case may be. But really, it's like, I'm going to set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes a day where all it is is about me. And masturbation doesn't even necessarily have to be to orgasm. It could be body pleasure. It could be uh, playing with your nipples. It could be caressing your skin, caressing around your vulva. You don't have to get all the way to orgasm, but really setting aside that time can just, and then clear your mind. You know, I sometimes candles, incense, you know, the, the whole, the whole kitten caboodle to just really honor myself, honor my vulva, honor my sensuality, honor my sexuality. And it was so amazing to, to see how my headspace cleared when I, when I do that. And when I do that for a certain amount of time. That makes sense. I, I think at one point I tried to get sexy with it and then it felt good, but then I stopped in that practice because other shit was happening and, you know, life and I just wasn't prioritizing it. So I think like a 30 day challenge, A, will make you really dive into it consistently. I think it's a great challenge. Like you're literally going to be pleasing yourself and also for 30 days. you'll probably like explore different ways in which you can do that you know like how what toys can i use can i try this let me, let me use this the suction cup with the vibrator let me use you know what i mean and then you can kind of more explore what that looks like for you but yeah but you could also manifest things right like you open the show you talk about manifesting what you want and when you are orgasming again you're releasing a lot of chemicals in the brain so if while you're or let's say you want money to come your way right and if you ever want to do a 30 day challenge that like a guided challenge with mm. you and your, your listeners, let me know. And we can set that Duh, up. Yeah. Um, but this idea of manifesting this thought you're manifesting. Oh, so maybe I'm trying to get a new job or I'm trying to get uh, money. What does it feel like when you have that money? And so when you're orgasming, I want you to think about that for me you know, sometimes it was like money falling on me, right? So when I was orgasming, I was really intentionally focusing on money falling on me. And and you can manifest that because it's putting that energy out into the world of what you want. And you're using that orgasm and that energy from your orgasm to attract that to you. And there's so much power there. So much oh, power. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's something that I have I think I began putting it in practice probably like around two years ago. Um, And it's like, I've told, I've talked about it on the show before that like when I'm in orgasm, I will like focus on, like you said, like visualizing money or visualizing whatever it is that I, my goal is it's totally, that's totally not based in sex at all. It's something totally like I'm going to get a new house or you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get that, whatever, whatever it may be. And then when I do orgasm afterwards, I feel so motivated. Like it's like this surge of energy goes through my body and I feel activated to do whatever the, whatever that thing I was manifesting, I feel even more driven to go try and accomplish it. Um, so it's just a really great tool of, to like kind of kickstart whatever it is you're trying to manifest. We actually are doing a, on May 20th, our girl Samaya, I don't know if you know sexual essentials, but she is uh, teaching a manifestation masturbation class to our tribe at Patreon. So if you guys are interested in really learning a lot more, I would love to have you there too as well. Um, learning a lot more about this very, very powerful tool in manifesting. 
please join because I'm telling you, I've manifested things in pleasure, period. Like it's, it's happened. Um, so it's, it's so, it's so incredibly powerful because yeah, your brain is like, almost like you finally are outside of yourself for that, for that moment. You open up something inside of you and you allow things to come in, in a way that is really hard to do when you're just like, even sometimes just meditating and surrender, you surrender. Yeah. The most open that you'll be, you just kind of leave your body. So it's like, it's no wonder that that is a time in which you can correct directly. You can connect directly to source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that, and that inner source, your inner power, right? We're all gods inside, right? If you believe, I mean, I'm not here to say what anybody believes, but I believe God is a woman. Therefore, and I believe that I am the reflection of God um, and I carry that with me um, to remember that, you know, my ancestors, all the wisdom, all the things I need, all the things I want to manifest. I have the power to manifest um, within me. You know, I don't need to go out. I don't need to. It's all within me. I just have to bring it up and bring it out. And you can really tap into some of those deep spaces and really connect through your chakra during orgasm and sex, you know, here's the thing. There's something about sex, right? Like you could do this with a partner, this master, like, like sex meditation, but be mindful. If you're doing this with a partner, it needs to be somebody you really want to be with. Cause you're really like, that's a really deep practice. Cause you're really intentionally focusing on something together. So I oftentimes like to urge people to keep that for yourself for a while until you really feel like you're ready to share that. Cause that's something really intimate. Right. I think if you do it by yourself too, you'll really be so much more intentional <clears throat> when you share that with someone like, yeah, nigga, are you, this might just be a fuck. I don't know if we need to be manifesting shit together. Also, what are you exactly. manifesting in there? What kind of energy do you have deeply, deeply deep in there? What are we, we have to be on the same page so that we're getting the same results. Right. Cause you can't be out here manifesting a, a Dodge Charger, and I'm trying to manifest a new house, right? Like you ain't on the hood. You don't fuck up my shit. Right, right. I'm on Martha Stewart. You're on World Star. That may not work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's really not. <laughs> so we're, get, we're gonna get some <laughs> fucked up fusion of, of both. A fusion right. and, a, and a fucking <laughs> condo <and I'm, laughs> in right. Palmdale. <laughs> right. The Inland Empire, here like, we come. Right, like, God Woo! damn it, I knew I shouldn't have manifested with this nigga. Right. Ghetto-ass nigga. <laughs> right. I told you, right. yacht, nigga, yacht. Right, and he was not, th- he was a fishing boat, is what he had. He was like, yeah, buddy. It's like, nah. No, I think that there's, p- sex is powerful. Um, and I think that when we have great sex with ourselves, we tap into our own power. And that's important. That's, a re- I mean, it's really important. I've, I've built my whole career around sex and, you know, the, the activism of sexuality um, and this can idea. You talk, can you speak to that a little bit more and what you mean by that? I was actually listening. I was listening into um, your podcast and you had said something similar to that. And I thought to myself, because I said, I think you said, how can we be social agents of change in the sex space? I mean, there's so many ways, but for me, you know, sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, you're a sexologist. You're going to teach me how to pop my pussy and, you know, suck a mean dick. And it's like, I can a little bit low hanging fruit for me. Cause like so many people do that. But what I'm really interested in 
is the sexuality of social justice. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier, this idea of like a lot of the social ills that are, are plaguing black and brown communities are deeply rooted in sexuality. Those intersections of race and class and socioeconomics. And so for me, my activism revolves around sexuality and it's rooted deeply in reproductive justice. The idea that all people have the right to have a child uh, not have a child, choose how to not have a child, and be able to parent that child in a safe and sustainable environment. And all last summer when I was marching and screaming at the top of my lungs and shutting down bridges, it's the idea that if if George Floyd can't live in this world, then we have not realized reproductive justice because he is someone's child. And that mother needs to be able to live in a sustainable, safe place where she can raise that child, right? And then on the flip side of that, I did go ham and a lot of people didn't like me because I said, uh, black men, black men, I can't take a knee for y'all if you keep killing us. And there was a, a, a limited amount of conversation, I think last year. You mean, got, the, you mean black men killing black women? Yes. Okay. And not just, not just cisgendered black women, if, if you're going to say Black Lives Matter, Black trans lives matter. matter. Yeah. And we have already seen this year, I believe, 27 to date trans or gender nonconforming individuals murdered. And we are on track to have the most deadliest year for trans folk. And it's every year it goes up, it goes up, it goes up, right? And, and women have led the movements. You know, women lead these movements. And... I just hope that people understand we love leading the movements and we love protecting our brothers, but uh, I'm going to need some of y'all to step up and step out. And really, it's this isn't a call out. It is a call in because we need you. And you can do it. You can be an active agent of, of change in this space by just having a conversation with your homeboys about language. Like, can we get rid of, I'm about to beat the pussy up? Or, you know, she a Knock host. her head in? That's what I heard. I'm going to knock her head I'm in. Break your back? Knock I'm your dig head you in? dig you out? Like, like, sim like, it's like, when I say that, it's like that simple. Change the language. If you have a friend that's talking kind of crazy about women, say, bro, it's, it, ain't, it ain't 89. It's not 92. Okay? You know? Uh, we have to do better by our black women because our black women have been holding us down in ways that we have not been able to hold ourselves down for a long, long time. And then on the flip side of that, you know, some of us black women, we need to check ourselves. We need to say, am I slut shaming somebody? Am I perpetuating a patriarchal narrative that continues to put my sisters down? Okay. Like I, we all have to kind of just be there for each other, be more accepting, and just really start having frank, open, loving, accepting conversations around all aspects of sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not, well, she showed up late. She knew what it was. But did no. she say yes? <laughs> like, you right. know what I mean? Like, did you really get consent? Or, you know, oh, he didn't want to sleep with me. He didn't make, I've had women say to me, well, he didn't really push up on me like that. So, you know, maybe he not into women. We have to stop all that because that is that narrative that continues to perpetuate the idea that men are these sexual beasts that know all the things 
And we have to celebrate men that are sensitive. We have to celebrate men that can be vulnerable in these spaces. We have to celebrate partners, you know, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm speaking in pretty um, heteronormative terms, but I think that even in LGBTQ AI relationships, we still see gender norms and you still see one person who has this more masculine space and this other person who takes on a more feminine gender role. And it's like, we can be all the things. Like, I love being masculine. It doesn't help me in my dating, right, it, at all. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to stifle some of the best parts of me to conform to what men believe women should be even though I've had a lot of men be like, well, maybe if you weren't so in their face, you got to play it. You got to fall back. A play little. more delicate. Be more, be more bashful. I'm like, nigga, I'm not bashful. What the fuck? Yeah. Don't tell them everything. I'm like, uh, I'm a sexologist. And if you Google me, you're going to hear gonna about know. how, right, how right. I set my hair on fire with a vibrator. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> and there's nothing to be ashamed of for that. And it doesn't make me a, a whore or a no it makes me human you know there yeah there's this there's this narrative that women can't be like can't be human and and i've been having this conversation a lot with um somebody that's in my life and has very like conservative patriarch patriarchal views and it's just it perplexes me because i'm like i realize you're an intelligent person and i know you understand that what you're saying sounds ridiculous that men are somehow like created in a way that is just naturally um more sexual and 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 should be able to indulge more sexually on this like sexual prowess but prowess yeah but if i um express the same need and want to experience people and that somehow i'm unworthy of of um like being a wife or being a girlfriend like i'm just you know like it, it's slut shaming. It's it's literally not being able to be a sexual being. And, and, and as women, everything about us is divinely, you know, like is, is, is rooted in sexuality. Um, to be a woman is to have sex all over you. You know, I'm a sexual being. There's no removing that part of me. And if I tried, it would be awkward and weird. And the fact that, you know, we haven't been able to embrace that, especially as black women and, um, discuss it out loud. It's just like, even the small, even doing this is like the smallest nudge towards normalcy. And it feels so uncomfortable. It even feels uncomfortable for me. And like, even in this space, talking very freely, I still find myself in ways in private conversations, like, damn, maybe I should shut the fuck up. Maybe I should, you know what I mean? Because you're, I'm so, I'm still deeply rooted in it too. As, as, you know, as much as I feel like I'm a, a rebel and I'm, Rebel with anxiety? Rebel? I'm a rebel with anxiety. <laughs> rebel with anxiety and a little bit of shame. I'm working on it. <laughs> the dash of shame. Dash of shame. <laughs> you know, I think, again, all of this is so normal. The idea of all of this anxiety and this shame, those are all traumas. And healing from them is a journey. It's it's not a race. It's a, it is a journey. And I do it, too. Like, I have the same um, type of... Sometimes I imagine myself if I was as unfiltered as I am behind closed doors in all of my discussions and every time I presented on camera, because I sometimes say to myself, I will probably be living real large. People will really, if we, 
when I come to LA, I'm gonna come see y'all and y'all gonna be like, what girl? You are really funny. You should really let that out. But then there's still this part of me that I'm trying to dismantle of like being a wife and and being a bride. And, and you know, the sun is setting on that because I am, you know, pushing 40. But this idea that no, like- it's No, it's not. No, it's 40 not. 40 is not. The, the, the a bride, a wife. No, it's not. There's no age limit. There's no um, age requirement. I, right. But it's it seems like, you know- uh, the type of it's so funny because the type of people I attract tend to be from very conservative backgrounds and and they're then, intrigued by you uh, yeah and then once the novelty wears off it's like you know I can't really take you home to my parents like the Jack and Jill community is not gonna be keen to you so it and and I think that you know that is the truth but I'm still developing I'm still growing into myself and I'm still working on not giving a fuck. And that's a process for me. You know, and again, we could go all the way into being biracial, but that's a whole other added layer of all the things. Still working on not giving Giving a a fuck. fuck. And it's true. And I feel like I'm so happy you said it that way. Because I'm like, I am so I don't give a fuck. But then sometimes I'm like, bitch, no, you're not. You're not. You still give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You still give a fuck. You're still like trying. Like there's this weird thing. Your give a fuck has shifted somewhere else. It's like liposuction. You get it sucked out and And then then niggas eat again and then suddenly your neck is fat. Like... (laughs) Shit, just showing, showing up somewhere else. Like, damn, I thought I was, I thought I was, I was a slut. You know, I was, I was a proud slut. Now I'm, now I'm shamed again, and I'm not. Because, and then I'm, and then I always go back and forth with like, with, am I free and 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 wanting to do things, or am I just like afraid of commitment and listening and compromise, and I just want to do whatever the fuck I want? Like, is it okay to do whatever the fuck I want? Will I be in a relationship if I ever do what the fuck I want? No, because it's just, there's so, as a woman, there's so many lies that we've been told and that we believe and that have been reinforced and that our parents tell us and our friends tell us. I've been, my friend told me, like, stop being so honest when you date guys. Like, relax. Don't come in so hot. Like, I'm like, well, fucking three months from now when they listen to this fucking podcast they're gonna know any fucking way you know and it's and, and it's even the the fear of someone won't stay if they really know that you'll the, be just enough for the person that's right for you exactly i mean i hear you some of the, a lot of my friends have said the same thing like you really need to chill michelle you really need to just fall back and it's like that's kind of like saying i should always wear makeup and all these things. It's like somebody got to wake up with me at some point and my makeup's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I might as well show up and show out and let you decide what you want. This is what, this is what it is. This is what it the, is. The hard part is once they decide being completely okay with whatever the fuck that is, because I'm good over here. Not like, well, oh, maybe I should, I could do this. Okay, hold on, wait, come back. Let me tell you something. I thought about it and now I'm going to be conservative. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, it's, 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 it's saying who you are, standing in it, and then letting motherfucker choose. And really you doing the choosing because if you don't like me as I am, you don't like me at all. Oh, what did someone say on our, on our Zoom call? You can't take some of me. So like pick and choose you the parts of choose. me that you love. 
it just doesn't work that way. And as, 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 as healed people, we shouldn't want anyone who wants to pick and choose any parts of us because the slut parts, the hurt parts, the trauma parts, the loud parts are all equal parts of me. And if you love me, you'll take it. And I think the other part to that, though, that something we definitely don't talk about as really empowered women is how much of ourselves are we trying to pick apart? How much of those pieces are we saying, well, I really, really like this piece, but I'm not so excited about that piece. And, and this idea of we do this to ourselves before we even put ourselves out there in front of someone else. So going back again, first relationship starts with self. And as I am on this journey of, of working to give less fucks is, is me really tapping into, well, if there is a part that I don't like, why do I not like that? Because it's probably not that bad. For a long time, me being vocal and being outspoken, uh, I really struggled with. And now I'm like, that's one of my favorite parts about myself. So really, if you don't like that, then telling embarrassing stories about stupid things I've done or experiences I've had that make me human and make me like normal, um, is is what I like. I've always thought about doing a stand-up because again, with this many miles on this Corvette, the amount of so many of my girlfriends are like, girl, you have to write a you have got to write a book about all the shenanigans that Well, you, you know have. what? I'm so I'm so glad you're mentioning shenanigans, Michelle. Because... I'm really happy you're mentioning the shenanigans because I think we told you that we have this segment on our show that we call horror stories. There are horries. And I was like, the sexologist, she got to have horries, right? Come with the horries. Because we asked another sexologist and she ain't had no horries. I was like, how the fuck are you not going to have no horries? I was I'm like, yeah. you can't be shy about sharing the horries, but you're over here sexologing. We would need a love. We would really love to get a level 10 fucking horry because a lot of times we, we our listeners be coming in medium, <laughs> you know, a, a strong seven. We need some tens. Okay. Um, so let's see here. I mean, I'm, I thought about this this morning and I thought about all the different things that I have some funny ones that are not, that are like, oh girl, really? Um, so I've done so much. I've, I've, I've really, uh, done a lot. Um, and I guess instead of something mild, maybe more wild, um, <coughs> you know, I have, Oh God. Like right now, so many images are flashing in my head. I'm looking at your face. I'm like, mm, when do I tell? Um, so there was a time when I was very, very, very wild. And, um, I had not seen a, a lover for, I had come off like a, a marriage. I was living in New York and I had, uh, a lover, an old lover had come into town and they were like, yeah, I'm just here for a couple nights. Let's meet, whatever, whatever. I was like, all right, cool. No problem. So we meet at a, a watering hole on the Upper West Side. And, you know, one thing um, led to another. And the next thing you know, this place had a very small bathroom. Very small. Um, and when I say very small, I mean, like, you couldn't turn around in it to wash your hands. <laughs> um, but somehow... Somehow, we ended up in that bathroom uh, for quite some time to the point that we were actually removed from the establishment. 
uh, by the bouncers um, for inappropriate behavior. Um, and But did that stop the passion? No, no, ma'am, it didn't. In, in fact, it probably made it more. Kicked it right back up uh, behind the establishment <laughs> next to the dumpster. Um, so sexy. Well, you know, while people were just like walking, we could hear them walking past on the on the avenue. But guess what? It didn't stop us from having a good time. And then it happened one more time uh, after we got out of the cab, in which it happened again. Um, and the person, before we got into the house, bent me over a parked car. Um, and on uh, in a neighborhood on it on just like one of the side streets, um, and the best part, it wasn't dark yet. Wait, <laughs> this whole story took place in the afternoon. Mm. Oh, wow! I, I I fully support public sex. I like public sex. I've had my share, and something about like being caught or people even watching is kind of sexy. It's like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I think I'm a voyeur too. Like I need to go to some, we need to go to some sex. Can we, the world is opening up. I need to come to New York and go to to some sex sex parties. Do you you ever go to any of the sex clubs in New York? Yes, I have been to some of them. Um, I want to be transparent in saying. Actually, let's save this sex club conversation for our tribe at Patreon. So if you want to hear Michelle's experience and advice um, and even some actual sex clubs in the New York area, make sure you go on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash good moms, bad choices. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I hope I was everything and more that you desired. Absolutely. Really, truly. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? I mean, you can follow me on all social media at MHSexpert, you know, on my website, send me a DM email me, get in touch. Let's chat. Yes. And you guys know where to find us on Instagram, good moms underscore bad choices. Make sure you join our Patreon. If you have not yet joined the Dick Talks, it's not too late, you guys. You guys can still I think I'm going to start the 30-day masturbation uh, challenge in, yeah. in, in May, duh, because I need this most. Yeah, you should. You should. Um, and Rate and review this episode, goddammit. And go check out our new merch on our website we have some cool things over there and we'll see you guys next week bye bye